Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today. Hour two. New York game day here at 98.7 ESPN and Mike Tannenbaum joins the party. Good morning, Mike. I know you're up there in Bristol, Connecticut, doing all the things. One of the hardest working men at ESPN. Uh, great to have you on the program with us. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Great to be with you. Weather's starting to change up here a little bit and it feels great. You know, it just feels like football in the air. That's for sure. Uh, Mike, obviously, Amani and I have been talking about it for the first hour now. No bigger story this week, right, than uh, no Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets decided to roll with Zach Wilson. A lot of people feel that this decision was made uh, because of where the Jets drafted Zach Wilson and, um, you know, not wanting egg on their face, uh, let alone investing that pick in, in, in the young man, wanting to give him a second shot. If you were Joe D., is this how you would roll if you were the general manager of the Jets right now, Mike? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, I've been on the record for the better part of a year. I think, you know, Joe Douglas has done, like, a great job um, just in terms of building a roster that I think we would all agree is outstanding. With that said, I'm really surprised they didn't bring in another quarterback for a number of reasons. First of all, I don't think Zach Wilson's good enough. I don't believe for a second what uh, Robert Sala said this week. You know, and uh, Mike Greenberg said it. Uh, on air one of the days I was with him on Get Out where he's like, yeah, look, head coaches are going to lie. And I think this is a great example (laughs) of one because, um, you know, I think one of the great things about watching the NFL being in and around it, it, it's not what you say, it's what you do. If they believed in Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers never would have been a Jet. You know, this was a team last year that the skill players were walking around with Mike White jerseys on. Amani, you know, you're a former wide receiver in the NFL. Like, I'm hard-pressed to think there was ever a day you'd walk into a facility wearing the T-shirt of the backup quarterback. So if I'm the Jets today, guys, I'm telling you, I'm punting on third down. Like, I would not <laughs> let Nathaniel Hackett get on the plane. I, I'm telling you, like, American Airlines hub is in Dallas, and if he turns the ball over, I'm going to fire him in the locker room, and he's flying back commercial on American. Because if I'm losing today, guys, it's Dak Prescott beating my great defense. I am not going to let Zach Wilson lose this game. Yeah, and I think the Cowboys realize that. So I think that – you know, you look at Buffalo last week and how they struggled uh, handling uh, the Jets' running game. I think the entire defense of, uh, of philosophy going into this next week for the Dallas Cowboys is stop the run, make Zach Wilson beat you on the, with the pass. And, and we were talking about this earlier. I don't understand how they let Mike White leave the building last year because I think people believe in Mike White in that locker room, as you said, as you alluded to before receivers were coming to the facility with Mike White shirts on. That just shows you the players don't believe in him. And they can, you know, spit in our face and say it's rain all they want in terms of how Robert Sala is trying to, to spin this. But we were around this Jets team last year 
when Mike White reignited this entire team when he came in versus the versus the versus um I think it was I think it was the Dolphins. I can't, I can't remember what team. I was at the game. I can't remember. I think it was against the Bears last year. And all of a sudden, you know, the offense looked good. So yeah, I'm with you. I I, I don't understand how they made this decision. And you know. The, the general manager has done a great job in putting this team together, just like you said, Mike. But, wow, what a place to skimp on and what a place to have un, uh, unrealized faith in a quarterback that lost the locker room. How do you come back from that? Uh, <clears throat> that I couldn't agree with you more. And to me, there's another fundamental you know question here. And to Zach Wilson's credit, guys, he got hit hard once in the head – uh, Monday night, and he looked like wobbly for a second. And they're they're they are literally one hit away from playing Tim Boyle. And I, I've made mistakes as a GM. I think those are really well documented. And the the locker room is going to look at you and be like, "Well, wait a second. We have this great team from you know Sauce Gardner and everybody else, the Brees Halls of the world. And now all of a sudden, like we're going to compete for a championship with Tim Boyle. Like who are we kidding? And to me, you know, the verb is scour. I would have been on the phone Monday night from the stadium and just try to yep. look look to see what else is out there because, you know, the bar for Tim Boyle is pretty low in terms of who you can get to improve him. Well, let's let's talk – and I listed these quarterbacks for Amani in the first hour. Uh, I'm going to do it for you right now, right? And, and listen, you wore this hat, so who better? Um, obviously, I think a dream come true would be Kirk Cousins, uh, but, you know, is are, are the Minnesota Vikings trading Kirk Cousins at this stage in the game in the season? I, I, I highly doubt it. You could also try to trade for Tannehill. Murray, who knows what's going on there? A lot of people feel that Arizona's tanking for Caleb Williams. Backups, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew. Uh, there's also Mariota with the Eagles, Jameis Winston with the Saints, Trubisky with Pittsburgh, Jacoby Brissett. What about some of the guys that are out there that don't have a home right now? Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy. Give me your top three. Mike, if, if, like, as you said, you're, you're working the phones on Monday. Who are, who are the first three calls? What are the first three calls you're making, Mike? Yeah, well, probably starting with Matt Ryan and Colt McCoy, just from a standpoint of if they're viable, you know, if they're healthy, some reports about Colt McCoy's health. You know, those are the first two I'm starting with. You know, Matt Ryan, obviously, protection could be an issue. Um, and then from a trade standpoint, you know, Jameis Winston at one point I played really good football. I've always been a believer in him. Um, and, and Ryan Tannehill, those are probably my top four. And, and let me just take you into a conversation that happened a decade ago, ironically, in that building with some familiar names. It was August of 2008. We had a chance to trade for Brett Favre. Ryan Dayball was our quarterback coach. Ryan Schottenheimer, ironically, today's Dallas Cowboys offense coordinator. And Eric Mangini were the head coach. And <clears throat> the initial pushback was like, well, look, we think Brett Favre's a great player, but he doesn't know the offense. And we have a good quarterback in Chad Pennington. And, you know, after a pretty, you know, I would just say productive conversation, putting it all on the table, hey, let's come up with the 20 to 25 plays to start with that Brett Favre could run because it's Brett Favre. And that, to me, has to be the same mindset. I don't care if Tim Boyle knew Nathaniel Hackett back in grade school. It doesn't matter. Like, go out and get the best. Any of those people you listed, Adita, they're better than Tim Boyle. So come up with a 10-play package and – you can get creative. You could flip formations. You could run plays again. You could come up with a situation where any of those quarterbacks could come in. Marcus Mariota can make plays with his legs. I, like any of those would be better. And more importantly, too, there's a great intangible here, guys, which is 
the locker room knows that you're trying. Like exactly. Aaron Rodgers, it was an unspeakable tragedy. Four plays, like you couldn't script a worse situation. But the locker room's got to know that, like you're trying to do everything every day to win a championship. Eight hundred nine one nine. Go. Say, I'm sorry. Go. Go ahead, Amani. I'm I was going to say, Mike. Like the one thing that really impressed me this weekend was the fact that Robert Sala's culture is starting to spill over. The fact that they lost Aaron Rodgers and they went start, trotted back out. Zach Wilson, who, the, who lost the locker room last year, and the team kept fighting. That shows me that what Robert Sala is, like you say, you know, the great thing about the NFL is you can talk all you want about it, but once you see it in motion, you saw the team come back and fight and, 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 and put forth that type of effort and win it on a special teams play. That's what it's all about. And, oh man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I could not agree with you more, and I'm – we're simpatico with with uh, with Jameis Winston. I, I believe in Jameis as well. But how are you going to get like a, like realistically? I think Kirk Cousins is out of the question just because no quarter. He, nobody's going to give up a starting quarterback uh, for who is going to be relied upon for that organization, no matter how slow start they get off to. And they look good. They've played. They've lost two games, and the, the Vikings lost two games. But both of those games, they've looked competitive. They've looked good. They've looked frothy. Uh, 800-919-3776. Uh, we've got quite a few calls. Folks want to chime in. Let's go to D in Queens. D, you're on with Mike Tannenbaum, Amani, Tumor, and, of course, me, Anita Marks. Welcome in. Good morning. How you doing, Anita? You'll appreciate this. Because the Jets are the one organization that laughed at the concept of drafting Lamar Jackson. And then they drafted this dude. And to me, it seems that all of this is done with the, at the behest of the owner. And to me, I think Robin Salah's playing a Jedi mind trick on the owner. He's like, listen, I'm going to show you this guy's a bum once and for all. He's going to let me pick who I want to pick for quarterback. Because if you see the rest of the roster, it doesn't make sense. He, like, I've never seen a team wear the, the, the backup quarterback's shirt, uh, shirt. I'm coming out the locker room. They don't like this dude. They're, they're going to talk themselves up just because they have to. But everybody knows what it is. He's a small dude. He shouldn't have been drafted in the first two rounds. He got drafted number two overall. That's all on the owner. Let's follow what it is. Joe Douglas has done a good job with everything else but this one dude. That doesn't make sense. It's D, crazy. thanks for the thanks for the phone call. D, appreciate it. Uh, Mike, I'm sure is is you know we know a lot of times owners um, you know they they like to put their foot down and and when they fall in love with a player, you know they fall in love with a player. So. Um, and I and, and again I, I don't know if that's how it, it 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 panned out in New York, but I know that has happened time before uh, in in the NFL. Let's let's go to Artie calling in from Brooklyn. Artie, you're up. Hey Anita, I changed my mind again. I don't want Cousins. I believe in Zach. All right, maybe not. But <laughs> oh, wow. the thing is that I want yeah, to no, have no, your cup. But you guys got me. I'm thinking that we we might get this guy after two weeks, but then after like listening to you, it does make sense. They're not going to give up Cousins like that quick. And by that time that we get him, what are we going to do? We're going to pull off like seven in a row with Cousins and stuff like that. Yes, you you could. Like your team is that good. The Jets are that good. Artie, thanks for the phone call. (laughs) Uh, Amani's right. They are that good. They're just, I I think, I I mean, it's a pipe dream. I I understand that. I just, I, I think. I think Kirk Cousins is, is probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. You do? I, I, I you think know. I think it would be a home run if they got you him. Don't you? you don't, don't don't you, Mike? Yeah, you know, Anita, I'm with you. I, I think he's 
look, we could quibble. Is he a B, B plus, whatever? He he's a good quarterback. He he may not be great. You know, there's some unbelievable irony though with this whole discussion. So, a couple of things. First of all, going back a couple of years ago, Teddy Bridgewater had one of the craziest, most tragic injuries in the last decade. He had like nerve damage in his knee from a non-contact practice injury. That created a situation where Minnesota overpaid for Sam Bradford that they traded for from Philadelphia, who then accelerated Carson Wentz's timetable. And now, ironically, Minnesota could be on the other end of that discussion because if the three of us were running the Vikings and we're looking at things, Kirk Cousins is 35 years old. He's in the last year of his contract. We just let Zadarius Smith go. We let Adam Thielen go, Dalvin Mm -hmm. Cook go. And now all of a sudden, could we use this as an opportunity? I'm making this up now. Hey, we want a second-round pick in Jermaine Johnson for Kirk Cousins. We drafted Jaron Hall in the fifth round, a quarterback from BYU. So I, I know you, you said it was a little crazy, Anita, but like the more you look at it. Now, yeah. here, here's a challenge. It's just week one. So if you're Minnesota, you, you're, you're having that conversation with ownership saying like, hey, we think let's see what we have in Jaron Hall. Let's try to get a, a one or a two from the Jets and another good young player. And if I'm the Jets, like, I'm going to have to pay a premium to pry a quarterback from another team. Like, no one's just going to solve your problems if you're mm-hmm. the Jets. That's why this is – the injury is awful, but the timing of it was even, makes it that much worse. Here, Here's another thing for you. Yeah, it's week one, but it's already week two in the books for the Minnesota Vikings. They're 0-2. They're going up against the Chargers in week three. I've got the Chargers winning that game. Teams that start the season 0-3, they have a 2.5% chance of making it to the playoffs. They've got a 1.3% chance of winning their division and a 0% chance of winning the Super Bowl. I say if the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Chargers, I think this discussion uh, gets all that much more important. Uh, Before we take a break, it's time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. That's right. We're starting the hour out strong, and it's brought to you by Slomans. So, Mike, what is it? What's your bomb of week two? The New England Patriots are going to beat the Miami Dolphins. Um, They were close to beating Philadelphia a week ago, and um, I think this Patriot defense is really good when you watch that game. Um, I thought they gave Philadelphia all they could handle. A couple of other bounces, I think Patriots would have been 1-0. Now, they are beat up on their offensive line, which is a concern. Um, I think this is going to be a great Sunday night game, Um, but I I like New England at home, and uh, it should be another great game in the AFC East tonight. I like it. Uh, All I have to say is the Patriots are part of my locks of the week, so stay tuned for that coming your way at the top of the hour at 10 a.m. Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week brought to you by Slowman. Slowman's has low price home heating oil for all New York football fans. Low prices, zero sacrifice for 100 years. Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Make sure you call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. Also, this portion of the show brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. Make sure you enjoy responsibly. Uh, gentlemen, it's been an hour and 17 minutes. We really have not spent any time talking about the Giants and uh, them trying to recover. After <laughs> after a, a horrible performance against the Anita, Dallas Cowboys. Anita, yes. I forgot. Who, who did Amani pick last week for the Giant Cowboys? I, I can't remember. Why are you bringing up old stuff? Why, why are you bringing up old stuff, Mike? What's going on? <laughs> so uh, we, will, we will recap and also preview the Giants out in the desert now looking to rebound against the Arizona Cardinals later on this afternoon. Also, we have Amani's keys to the game for both the Giants and the Jets coming your way. And we still have a slew of callers, Joey, Ira, Jerry, Allen, um, Schizo, 
hang tight. Uh, we're, we're, we will try to work you into the show this morning, that's for sure. Uh, so stay tuned. Still a lot more coming your way. Listen to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. No, not really, just because as far as the severity of last year and the time it forced me to miss, uh, it's nowhere near that. Because last year there was like times where it's like, I legit can't run my hamstrings. But I can run it, practice, I can run routes, and do it for two hours. So I'm like, yeah, I feel great. Darren Waller talking about his hamstring. Boy, Giants are going to need him today, that's for sure. Uh, this part of New York Game Day brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. Enjoy responsibly. Also brought to you by... Bet365, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365, that's for sure. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's uh, let's talk about this Giants team. Amani, you got your finger on the pulse of this team better than most because you're part of their broadcast team. Mm-hmm. Shocked with a 40 nothing. I feel it was like a runaway train that you just couldn't reel back into the station. Everything that could have went wrong did go wrong. They're down 14 in the first quarter. And then, um, and then all hell broke loose. So I, I think this is a Giants team that's better than what we saw in week one. What say you? I definitely think they're better than what uh, we saw in week one. But the, the real thing that bothered me about this weekend, uh, this past game, it was on prime time. The, you know, the Giants have had such a good kind of momentum into this season. They made the playoffs for the first time, looked competitive, won a playoff game. And then all of a sudden – you get smacked in the mouth and you look bad. Not only not, not just uh, you looking look bad, you look bad on national TV, then you look bad against your division rivals. You own one in the division and people are starting to say the same old Giants. So uh, the the momentum of it and then the offensive line who everybody thought was going to be much improved in the roster and all this stuff, it's not they are not until they prove to that they that they are uh, the group that you know, kind of we signed up for with these high draft picks at the end, uh, you know, both tackles, they're not. Mike? Yeah, um, I was, you know, look, we'll never know what happened. If that field goal go, goes in and it's not a pick, you know, kick block return, it's a 10-point swing, look, I think Dallas still wins, but I don't think it's nearly the result that it was relative to, uh, you know, 40 nothing. and sometimes those, those things happen. Um, I am very concerned about the right side of their offensive line, uh, Mark Lewinsky and Evan Neal. You know, and Evan Neal was, you know, liked by a lot of teams. Like, it wasn't just like the Giants woke up and say, hey, we think he's a good player, and, and no one else did. But he lacks foot quickness. And when you spin this conversation forward to today, look, Arizona does not have um, household names, but what they do have is six sacks against Washington a week ago. And when you travel, you always say, like, what gives us the best chance of win is good teams travel, good offensive lines. And that would be a big concern because Jonathan Gannon's the head coach. He comes from Philadelphia where they, you know, were unbelievably productive at rushing the passer. I'm not saying that's how good Arizona's going to be, but they did have six weeks, uh, six sacks in week one, and that to me is not a great matchup for the Giants going on the road today. And then in five days they play – you know, arguably the best if it's if Dallas isn't the best defense, San Francisco is, and that's really my concern for the Giants. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm expecting a big day from Daniel Jones and Darren Waller. I think he needs to be a big part of uh, of this offense. Uh, another thing, you know, 
and 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 it's tongue in cheek, and we joke about it. You know, the, the Cardinals tanking; they're on the clock. Two words: Caleb Williams. We're hearing all of this. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, their starting quarterback. They got rid of Isaiah Simmons. They got rid of an offensive lineman that was top notch in the NFL. You know, and and here's another thing, guys. Like this has to be the get right game for the Giants because week three, it's the 49ers on a short work week in San Francisco. And as I just shared with you, teams that start 0-3, disaster. So to me, this has to be the get right game. Brian Dable won coach of the year last year. Uh, Do you you guys have enough faith in Brian Dable that he was able to to really turn, you know, and, and who knows what the locker room was like this week, but Amani, maybe you do. But do you, do you have enough faith in Brian Dable that he was able to, like, regroup this team, pick themselves up, brush themselves off, and mentally get ready for the Arizona Cardinals today? I think so. I believe in him. I believe in uh, just by how this team has performed. But at the end of the day, we've seen a lot of coaches come in and have a good year. And then next thing you know, like, I mean, even, um, you, know, you know, Pat Shermer had a good year. Um, you know, I could just list all the coaches that the Giants um, have had, and they had their opening year. Everybody was real positive, and now the second year, everything starts to settle in. People start to understand what this, the philosophy of this team is, and they start to game plan and draft accordingly. And uh, we're going to have to see. But the way that they gave up on Monday night, I am very, very worried that they didn't have the same fight that the Jets had when they ran up against, uh, when, when they lost Aaron Rodgers. So that, that to me is one of these situations where um, I, I, as a fan and as a player who's been a part of those 40-point uh, losses and you know got 50 points put up by, by Washington one game, you really have to believe in this culture. And just like Mike Tannenbaum said earlier, you can say all you want. You can get all the motivational speeches you want. How they come out and perform today in terms of their fight, that's where, uh, you know, that, that's what I'm looking for. And if they don't put, have a good performance against, the, against uh, the, the, the Arizona, what's going to happen on Thursday versus, versus the San Francisco 49ers? It's a, it's a must-win situation for this Giants team this week. Absolutely. Uh, uh, go ahead, Mike, before we take a break. Yeah, I was saying, I, I believe in Brian Dayball. I, I work with him. Um, I know him very well. I, I think he's built to have the mindset of New York, but it's the old Coach Parcells axiom that applies here. Like, when you are part of an NFL team in New York, there's only two emotions, guys, euphoria or disaster. Like, there's nothing in between. And unfortunately, you know, it was disaster a week ago, but, hey, you get this one today in Arizona, now all of a sudden, you know, there's less pressure to beat San Francisco. So, um I think Brian's the has the right mindset, the right temperament, and um, I, I expect them to play a lot better today. When we come back, it's time for Amani's keys to the game for both the Giants and the Jets. What do they need to do in order to be victorious today? We will find out. We'll continue with your calls. Also, we'll take our tour around the NFL and, and talk about some of the, the top storylines heading into week two. My locks of the week coming your way at the 10 o'clock hour. And also Jordan Renan is going to join us in our 10 o'clock hour as well with an update in regard to the Giants. So still a lot more coming your way. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Game 
Monday here at 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks, Mike Tannenbaum, and Amani Tumor. It is time for Amani's Keys to Victory, brought to you by Infinity.com. Amani, let's start with the Jets taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Give me your keys. What do the Jets need to do in order to walk away with a victory against the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, their neat D-line has to be special. They have to force Dak Prescott into mistakes. Uh, their D-line has to put pressure on him, has to make him uh, you know, get back to what he was last year and throwing uh, the most and tying them, being tied for the most interceptions uh, last year to, with, with, some, with, with the takeovers, takeaways, excuse me. And uh, they're going to have to find a way uh, to have Zach Wilson get the ball to, and the number two is Zach Wilson. He's going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to get Garrett Wilson involved. They're going to have to find a way with Zach Wilson to be able to run this offense and, uh, and, even out uh, the run, the, the run in the past. I'm not going to be able to, to sit there and give the ball to Brees Hall because the the Cowboys know that Zach Wilson is going to be. They're going to go. They're going to know if they want to stop this Jets offense. They're going to have to figure out a way to slow down and stop the running game. They're going to. So Zach Wilson's going to have to make some plays with his arm, and then they're going to have to run the football. They're going to have to get. You're going to have to try and open up the offensive line and make sure make open up holes so that this offensive line uh, is not going to be in third and long situations and, and let this defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys with Micah Parsons uh, pin their ears back and go after this, uh, this young quarterback in Zach Wilson. All right, that's the keys for the Jets and the Cowboys, a team that's very near and dear to you. Obviously, the Giants. What do they need to do to make sure that they leave the desert and head up north to San Francisco with a win and not starting the season 0-2, Imani? Well, first of all, the offensive line is going to have to be able to pass pro a little bit better. Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to let Daniel Jones you know, operate back there. Uh, so I think the offensive line is going to have to set the tone. They're going to have to you know, really bring back confidence in this whole offensive line. Also, Darren Waller, you know, he's, you know, he says he's much better with his hamstring injury. He's going to have to be the, the ultimate uh, you know, conduit between the, between the run and the pass game. And he's going to have to figure out a way to – they're going to have to figure out a way to get him the ball, get him involved so that they can take some – uh, pressure off of Saquon Barkley in this running attack that was very futile last week. Um, and, and also, uh, it, it's going to come down to Daniel Jones making special plays. It's, this, it's not going to be an ideal pocket. It's not going to be ideal. Um, but, but Daniel Jones is going to have to figure out a way to, uh, you know, to be special, to, to, to show why he garnered the $40 million a year. Uh, and, and he's going to have to be the difference. He's going to have to make – plays with his legs with his with his arms and, and and I think those are the three keys that are going to have this this New York Giants football team being able to to go one and one and even up this record that's Amani's keys to victory brought to you by infinity.com discover more about the luxury and performance of an infinity qx60 crossover at infinityusa.com or visit your local infinity dealer today 800-919-3776 gentlemen we've got a number of calls uh, let's get back to them okay and let's start with jerry in new jersey jerry welcome in you're on with mike and amani here on new york game day good morning how you guys doing how are you hi i i just want to say how in sports especially when it comes to the quarterback position two things they don't talk about 
the college football is a different football for the NFL football. NFL football is a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. So it almost looks like you're throwing a basketball if you really compare it to the college football. That that so that I think that changes a lot with a lot of quarterbacks. Are you talking about the actual NFL. football? You know, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it, it, it's a total different feel. It, it seems like a way bigger ball when you hold the college football one they use compared to the NFL one. NFL one's like a little bit more slick, and it seems like it's overfilled compared to the college one. So I noticed that with a lot of college quarterbacks, wow, they, they're really zipping it in college when they get to the NFL. It seems like almost like they're throwing a basketball because they really can't control it because like the ball is just too it's big. The same and like ball. <laughs> one has stripes and one doesn't have stripes. It's the same ball. It's the same. I, I, I also, <clears throat> the other thing, just to take you behind the scenes, your quarterbacks will actually work with the balls that they have uh, with the equipment guys to, to get the right feel for them. Um, so each side's actually responsible for their balls. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to to is it uh, Schizo uh, in Long Island? Am I pronouncing that properly? Yes, that's correct. So um, yeah, so my point had something to do with uh, the similarities between. I, I, I misspoke with the uh, screener. I said it was the 2019 Jaguars, but it's the 2017 Jaguars. Um, they had a similar situation with a terrible quarterback, Blake Bortles, really good defense, really good running game, and they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game where they ultimately fell to the Patriots. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I believe Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator of that team. So I wonder if in the back of the Jets' minds that's what they're thinking with Zach. Like if he did it with Blake Bortles, he could do it with Zach, get to the, at least get to the playoffs, and ultimately, you know, the, the limitations of that showed up in the, in the Patriot game. You're not going to beat Bill Belichick with a garbage quarterback. But, you know, I wonder if that's what the Jets are thinking with their, you know, logic and how they're going about this. Thanks for the phone call. Thoughts, guys? Yeah. Look, Amani, you know, alluded to it earlier. I think you could learn from the past, but I think more fundamentally – um, one of the great privileges I had was listening to like strategy of guys like Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, and you know ultimately they they came down to being more game plan specific than I think people ever realized. And if I'm Robert Sala, the CEO of this team, it's a very simple game plan. At the end of the day, if we lose to the Dallas Cowboys today, it's because Dak Prescott beat our great defense. So if we're down three scores, Zach Wilson, I want you to let it rip and throw it all over the park. But as long as the game is tied or we have the lead, you cannot throw an interception period in the story. So how the game is called, how you execute the game plan, I don't care if the ball is thrown behind the line of scrimmage. I don't care if we lead the league in rushing attempts. I don't care. But you are not allowed to fly home with the team if you turn the ball over when the game is tied or we have the lead. Are you guys 100% sure that you understand the assignment today? Because there is no ambiguity. There is no gray area. It is unacceptable to turn the ball over Zach Wilson if this game is tied or we have the lead, period. 800-919-3776. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Alex in Manhattan. Alex, welcome in. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the Pat McAfee show, but uh, he did an interview with Aaron Rodgers a couple of days ago, and I just got a question. It's a general question. Is Aaron Rodgers trying to give Jets fans a pipe dream? Because he didn't say it out loud, but 
people are thinking that if we make it to the playoffs that he can recover and come back. But I don't think that's possible. I think that his injury is, like, too severe and he needs more time. I, I just I just want to know what you guys think about that. I don't know if you guys saw the interview and yeah, saw what Yeah, of said. course, Alex, of course we saw the interview. I, I, you know, how, how can you be here in New York and cover this team and, and, and not tune into that interview each and every week? Um, you know, listen, we saw – and. and Amani alluded to it earlier in the show, Mike, right? Like we saw Cam Akers do it uh, in, in, a, in a short period of time. My thing is, do you really think with this schedule, we haven't even talked, like with this schedule, do you really think you're going to get to the playoffs with Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? I don't. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you got to put the cart before the horse. And, and the cart is, can Zach Wilson get you there? I don't think he can. And Cam Akers wasn't 40, you know, so it's, it's, it's a much different. We all know who are up in our 40s that when you're in your 20s or, 30, you know, 20s recovering from an injury, it's an entirely different animal than when you're 40. So I think it is a pipe dream. I, I, it's never happened before. Like, I, I just – and I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is the guy who's the specimen that's going to, you know, be resetting um, – timelines on recovery uh, i just i just i think it's a i think it's a pipe dream absolutely because i've seen some great athletes who you know are, are much better athletes than aaron Rodgers take a full calendar year and some have never got their pop back so i don't i, I don't think aaron Rodgers is coming back i wouldn't yeah. bet on it yeah i totally agree with Amari. i take it a step further which is look i've been around this injury with athletes for 20 years and look he could come back but i will say this guy's I've been around Brett Favre at the end, Testaverde at the end, Jay Cutler in Miami. I worked with Dan Marino for four years in the Miami front office. And all those guys, they'll be able to throw the ball till the day they go to the grave. What ended their careers was lower foot quickness. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have to have some honest, sober moments, probably on some field in California next May or June, where he really has to be able to determine, can he protect himself? Because when you lose... Uh, you know, just a half a second of quickness. That's the difference between success and failure in the NFL. So he's not going to know. I'm not saying medically he can't do it, but what I am saying is he's got to know in his own mind, can I protect myself? And he's not going to know for a while. Like he may be medically cleared, but you're not really sure until you really put yourself through some real rigor. And that's going to take time. And by the way, if I was running the jets and he wanted to come back, I would just say, absolutely. No, we're protecting you from yourself. Like, the best chance, if you do decide to come back, is you need a lot more time. And even next May or June, he may not know, which is, you know, that's fine. Like, that's being honest. This is a really, really significant injury, one that he can come back from. But we have a long, long way to go. So um, I, I know I'm going to date myself here. I don't care. Um, so I was on the sideline when Dan Marino popped his Achilles, and it sounded like a shotgun went off. Um, and, and it was during a game and, um, and it was, I was just like, what, what was like, I, I literally thought somebody shot a shotgun and it was his Achilles that popped and Dan was never the same. And then, and then just like a few months later, Mike, I was at the, I was at the Dolphins facility and Don Shula was walking up the, the, the stairs, you know, how you have the, the two side, you know, stairwell. He was walking up the stairs and his Achilles popped while I was sitting, I was standing. Um, it's you and, then. It was it, you. You yeah, were at the game. It's, 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 I was I was present for both Dan Marino and Dan Sh- and, and Don Shula tearing their Achilles. But of course, Don was walking up the stairs. Uh, 
Dan Marino was trying to allude to Russia. And yes, Dan Marino was never the same after that. That's for sure. Uh, quick break. We come back. I know we've been spending a lot of time talking about the Giants and the Jets, but let's take a look around the NFL. Week two and some of the big storylines heading into week two. And we'll get, of course, Amani and Mike's thoughts on uh, on some of these games. I, I'm excited for this slate. I, I, I hate, I will say this, I hate when the Giants and the Jets play at the same time. I hate that this that both these games are, are taking place in the four o'clock hour. I can't stand it, uh, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, but there are, I, I love the slate today. I think there's some really good stories, and I think there's some really good games. We'll dive into next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. It is time for Around the League, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Uh, gentlemen, let's talk about some of the big games uh, and some of the big storylines, right? Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Bills against the Raiders. Josh Allen looked absolutely horrible. Three interceptions and a fumble against the Jets. Um, a few analysts told him to, quote-unquote, grow up this week. Your thoughts on Josh Allen? Does this Is, is this the get-right game for him against the Raiders? It is, and uh, let me just tell you guys a quick story. When Rex Ryan was the head coach of the Jets and we had Mark Sanchez, he basically said, hey, there's three colors, red, you can't throw an interception under any circumstances, yellow, which is proceed with caution, and green, hey, let it rip, we're down two scores, you know, so go ahead. And I was surprised that Sean McDermott or Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, didn't at some point, guys, say, hey, Josh, you're playing Zach Wilson, you're not playing Aaron Rodgers, so the only way we could lose it is we turn it over. And, of course, you know, four turnovers later in the punt return, they lose. So I, I was surprised that his football acumen hasn't grown more, guys. So I think no Chandler Jones today. Big day for Josh Allen. Uh, Amani, the Ravens going up against the Bengals. How bad is Joe Burrow's cap? He looked really um, out of sorts against Cleveland in week one. I don't think his calf is the issue. I think it's timing. There's a reason why you go through training camp because you got to get that timing with the receivers. You got to understand the offense and run it. I mean, or else we wouldn't practice. All we do is just look in the go, go have a meeting and run it on the field. You need to have that work. Um, and it was a, a, a very obvious uh, that week. I, I think they're going to have a, a big. Um, uh, a big jump back this week, but man, the Ravens uh, also have a lot to prove. When uh, Lamar Jackson did not play well last week, uh, according to his MVP caliber, uh, uh, according to his MVP caliber, so I think it's going to be a great game. I, I can't wait to watch this one at one o'clock, uh, and uh, because both teams, I mean, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you can't be too happy about that victory last week, and if you're Cincinnati. A, you, the way you got beat by the Browns, that's that's a definite cause for concern. Uh, Mike, I know your bomb of the week is the Patriots beat the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you and I love Mac Jones. Amani does not. By the way, Amani, Mac Jones, best in completions, number one in completions of all 32 starting quarterbacks last week, over 300 yards against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, now taking on a Miami Dolphins team. Uh, is this is, is are we going to see more of this from Mac Jones this coming season now that Bill O'Brien is calling the plays for him, Mike? Uh, yeah, I thought um, I heard someone else say this. I, I thought it was a really insightful point, which is, you know, a year ago we thought that Doug Peterson would have a transformational impact on Trevor Lawrence and obviously it didn't work out with Urban Meyer. Could we see something very similar with Bill O'Brien's impact with Mac Jones? And they're going to get Devontae Parker back tonight. So – when you look at their receiving group, 
I don't know if it's an A by any stretch, but there there's enough there with Hunter Henry and Gasecki getting Devontae Parker back, Kendrick Bourne. So um, I think they're going to be able to score and move the ball, unlike last year. Uh, and Amani, last but not least, let's talk about Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, man, Pittsburgh got manhandled by the 49ers. Is Pittsburgh not as good as advertised? Because we, were, we uh, many people, including myself, fell in love with him in the preseason and everything we were hearing, all the good things we were hearing about Kenny Pickett. Uh, meanwhile, the 49ers, uh, their defense just looks so good. It Was this the Pittsburgh Steelers just being that bad or the 49ers really that exceptional? I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's. I'm going to lean more towards the 49ers being so ex- exceptional. And I think sometimes you get really excited and you're ready to play. It's a big challenge, and you just don't have it. And I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers had it last week. Uh, with the un- uncharacteristic, their defense was was uncharacteristically uh, inconsistent. And um, I-, I-, I get tired of when I, I always get worried because I play with Dave Brown. So every time I hear a quarterback getting pumped up and how he's so much better than last year and he plays well in the preseason, and I just – when the rubber meets the road in a real season game, that's what a quarterback is. And Kenny Pickett has a lot of improvement uh, to make. You know, I think he had a big step forward towards the end of last season, but I, I, he's going to have to ha- – his game – is going to have to improve dramatically. Uh, and I think there's no better team than the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they're, they're riding high off their, their week one victory. So, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I don't think the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are as bad as, as advertised. Last but not least, Mike, for you, the Jags in Kansas City, highest total on slate today, over-unders at 51. Is this the game? This will be the third time these – these two teams have faced each other since last November, both at Arrowhead. Now Jacksonville is hosting. Is this the game that Trevor Lawrence beats Patrick Mahomes? No. I think Kansas City is going to get back two really good players in Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. And I, I thought um, Jacksonville's defense would have played a little bit better last week. You know, Josh Allen was productive, but um, I was expecting a little bit more, especially in the second half. So, um I think Kansas City comes out with a tremendous sense of urgency. They get back after you know Patrick Holmes, their two best players. So I'm uh, I'm very bullish on Kansas City today. This is around the league, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure you grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action, and remember when it's game time, baby, it's Tully time. We come back. It's time for my week. Didn't do so great last week. Need to get back into the win column this week. Will I? Only time will tell. We'll have that next right here on 98.2 ESPN. This is New York Game Day presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today. For general 98.7 ESPN contest rules, visit ESPNNewYork.com slash contests. WEPN-FM, New York, a good karma brand's radio station.